1: Older than white. Yeah, well you're half right. What is this amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our
2: finest hour. Just want to think you said the stupidest thing ever. You keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems.
1: Welcome to the alleged show. Ah yeah, it's time to head home on a Thursday. That's four down, one to go with this work week. It is the sports rush. Your daily local sports fix four to six. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. Coming up this hour, we'll be joined by Paul Casaro, coach of the UND Greyhounds. Winners today in round one of the G, is a GLVC, GVLC tournament? You got it. GLVC. Yep. GLVC taking place in St. Charles, Missouri. They beat Quincy by a final score of 79-77 in not one overtime, two overtimes. And so they advance to the next round of the tournament, and he'll jump on and join us to talk about his Greyhounds. And not only what a great season it has been for you, Indy, but what's ahead with this tournament and, of course, the NCAA Division II men's basketball tournament, which will start in another week or so. Uh, 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We also have to talk high school basketball sectionals because that's on everybody's mind. It's Hoosier Hysteria, and we are here in Indiana. So we are affected by Hoosier Hysteria tomorrow night semifinals with games at 6 and 730 or thereabouts, probably more like 6 and 745. We'll be on the road at Garrett Railroader Country as the uh, Garrett sectional has Heritage versus Bishop Twanger and Concordia versus Woodland. Those games can be heard here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM, presented by Indiana Physical Therapy. And then after the game, it's on to the Pine Valley Pizza Hut, where uh, I may make a guest appearance. you well, are you going to join us there tomorrow, Brett? Just to watch the show and provide some support. And uh, get the free pizza. And eat some pizza. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I. Uh, I know where I can get my bread buttered. Uh, so I will. I might actually stop by tomorrow night, but uh, two two games tomorrow night on the radio plus the post game show. And you'll be on the post game show with Dute. Yeah, I'll be doing the scoreboard. And who's doing the games tomorrow night? Uh, Caleb. No, I'm sorry. Mac is calling the games. Mac's got both games tomorrow. Yes,
0: it was originally Caleb, but now it is. It's Mac- Michael McIntyre calling oh, the games. Oh, so now
1: I'm third on the list to get enough. Man. Oh, what a. What on earth? I, I, man, I'm just hoping at some point it's like, man, I hope they think I'm good enough to at least get maybe a JV game next year. We'll, I, see, we'll see, Brett. I, maybe I need to send them an audition tape. That's how you get your start. The big timers, man. Caleb and Mac just rolling through the high school season. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they'll be, uh, they'll be calling the action tomorrow night. Mac will be there, and so Mac will also join you and Doot at the Pine Valley Pizza to wrap things up on the Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show. Yep. Our final edition of the year, by the way, Adam. I'm honored to be a part of it. That is why I may come out and get, because, you know, it's going to be another six months or so before I can get get my hand on a slice of pizza, so I figure... Oh, man. Yeah. I I think you're going to eat a pizza before then, Brad. Yeah, I'll eat the pizza. It's just, you know, it always tastes better when it's free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine. Text line 46862 uh, so many different things to talk about. Uh, no, we mentioned this earlier in the show. I do want to mention this. Who's going to advance the farthest in the Big Ten tournament? We hit this subject yesterday, but we hit it like going into a, a guest. And so really didn't spend much time on the topic. But if you look at the Big Ten, this is absolutely ridiculous right now. Because after tonight, there is a strong possibility that you could end up with seven of the 14 teams tied for second place. Yeah. Seven of the 14 could have an identical record and be tied for second place with one game remaining. And uh, I mean, look at it. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's crazy because Indiana's among that group, obviously. But uh, when you look at the standings right now in the Big Ten, <laughs> you've got, first of all, Purdue, who's Big Ten champs. Yeah. But then you've got Michigan. 11 and 7. They're the only team that's 11 and 7. They're the only team that's got 7 losses. A lot of 8-loss teams. But tonight, Michigan on the road at Illinois. It's a big game. Illinois is 10 and 8. Do the math. Illinois beats Michigan, both teams leave 11 and 8. Yes. Already at 11 and 8 in the Big 10. Iowa? Maryland? Northwestern? Indiana and then you've got Michigan State that's 10 and 8 but remember Michigan State's playing one less game because they had the game canceled when they had the shooting incident on campus. And then there's Rutgers that comes into play tonight at 10 and 8 and Rutgers is at Minnesota. So I could easily see them being 11 and 8. Minnesota's 1 and 16 so far in the conference. Yeah. And that and Minnesota is the game that Michigan State lost. So if Michigan State would have played that game against Minnesota or it would have been able to get rescheduled, Michigan State would be right there at 11-8 and eight as well. So the point is you've got seven teams that by the end of the night could be 11-8, and eight, and you could have one team at 10-8 and eight that probably should be 11-8. and eight. So eight out of the 14 teams of the Big Ten Conference could be basically tied for second place. Now, two of the games coming up on Sunday, the finales for the regular season, are going to involve these teams – Northwestern is on the road at Rutgers and of course Michigan is at Indiana. So there's gonna there's gonna be a scramble through the uh, through the rule book to try to figure out tiebreakers I think at the big ten because you're gonna figure out who's going to be seated, you know who's seated above the others and you're talking about teams all the way down to what number nine in the conference. And so, basically, if Indiana loses to Michigan, they could fall from a potential second seed all the way down to, what, a ninth seed? Yeah. Just with one loss. That's how big the game is for Indiana against Michigan. And Michigan basically in the same boat. Very much so. You could see the entire league kind of flip right in front of you. I mean, everybody, it's like sitting on the highway in your car stalls. Everybody passes you by, right? It's Basically, what you're going to have in the Big Ten Conference coming up this weekend. All right, we've got tickets to the Doobie Brothers. They're coming to the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum on June 23rd. You know, this is the 50th anniversary tour for the Doobie Brothers. Really? That's awesome. And we've got tickets to give away before you can buy them. That's also awesome. It is, and we've been giving them away this week, and I know so many people either grew up listening to the Doobie Brothers or having the Doobie Brothers played at their high school dances, like me. China Grove, a pretty much a main staple for me at every high school dance. But if you'd like to go enjoy the music of the Doobie Brothers live in concert at the Coliseum, here's what we're doing today to give away our tickets. We've got a snippet. Of a Doobie Brothers song. And when we play it. All you have to do is be the third caller. So when you hear the snippet. Of a Doobie Brothers song. You want to be caller number three. But we're going to give you a a freebie here. This is the sound. This is the sound of the Doobie Brothers song. That you are going to be listening for. Go ahead Adam. Okay. So whenever you hear that. The next time. On the Sports Rush, you want to be caller number three at 447-8500. That's 260-447-8500. The next time you hear it, it may come up soon, may come up late. Don't know when it will come up. And, of course, somebody's going to call us right now and think, oh, I just heard it. I'm going to. No, that, that was a freebie. That was just so you would know what you're listening for. But the next time we play it, then you jump on your phone and you want to be caller number three at 447-8500 to win those tickets to the Doobie Brothers. A big win or a big game tonight for Purdue-Fort Wayne women. They're on the road at IUPUI, and uh, they, they've, they've lost twice to the Jaguars, but they've competed both games. I can't say they competed both games. They competed one game. Second game, they were never really in it. They got behind big in the first half, tried to to get a run in the second half. Never really happened. They dropped it by 20. But it's a team that's really kind of grown over the course of the year and some roster changes, and you've got Audra Emerson, who got put into the starting lineup, playing really well of late. The one thing the Mastodons' women are missing is real height. They've got one player out of the 10 players that have the most accumulative minutes this season, one out of that 10 that is over six feet tall. Just don't have a lot of height. And today I found this to be rather intriguing. Former Crown Point star. And, and she played with uh, uh, McCrother. Is it McCrother's? Um, the the, ga- the gal from uh, Crown Point, but this is Crown Point's Lily Stoddard who went to Purdue. She's a six four forward, and things didn't work out at Purdue. She almost barely played, got in the game into only five games this year. I think played a total of like 15 minutes. Uh, but she announced her intention to enter the transfer portal. Hmm. Hmm. Six feet four. Yeah, could even wear that same swag she's been wearing and collecting at that Big Ten school. That's all I'm saying. Can't say much more. Don't want to call from compliance. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, Lily Stoddard transferring from the Purdue Boilermakers women's basketball program. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll talk to the coach, Paul Casaro. There was a magic number I had in my mind when the season started. I said, uh, in my mind, I said, you know, Casaro down there at University of Indianapolis, 26 is the magic number. I'm not going to talk to him unless he can win 26 darn ball games this year. Otherwise he can go join some other show, some, some schmuck down in Indianapolis, right? To get on this program, you got to win 26 games. Today he won his 26 games, so please welcome to the program the head coach of the UND Greyhounds, none other than Paul Cassaro. Coach, congratulations. Hello, how are you? Uh, thanks, Brett, man. I'm, uh, I'm
2: fired up, tired, exhausted, <laughs> all, all at the same time. We just That was a nail-biter today, but uh, that's March, and you got to survive in advance.
1: Uh, a double overtime game with high stakes like this—what uh what does it say about your team to be able to come through and and deliver deliver the final punch and win 79 seventy nine seventy seven over Quincy?
2: And talk about you know the you know grit wins, toughness wins, you know all those cliches, but that's what it really was. You know our guys really buckled down and just found a way, and that's really all it matters. And, you know, uh, our, our depth proved to be uh, to our benefit today because we had a lot of guys uh, step up in, in big ways. And it was just, it was it was an awesome day for us.
1: Coach, uh, one thing I found pretty impressive was in the uh, overtime periods, both teams actually shot free throws well. I mean, these free throws, this big-time pressure, and, and both teams delivered at the free throw line when the pressure was on.
2: Yeah, it was. You know, credit kids on both teams, like, you know, they – they're, Quincy, you know those kids. They played their hearts out, and they, they did a great job, and you know they made plays. Um, you know, you know we made plays down the stretch. It was one of those games where, you know, no one no one really lost the game. Both both teams deserved to win, but ultimately, as time expires, you know there there is a winner and a loser. Unfortunately, we were on the uh, on the good side of that.
1: Obviously, you were expected to win coming into this game. Is is this any kind of a wake up call? Is this one of those games where? After it's all said and done, and the dust settles, you're probably disappointed it came down to, to such a close game. But also, it's probably a good thing for your team to have to experience this and a learning lesson, so to speak.
2: Well, no, I think it's good to just win tight games because you know how to handle those pressure situations. But I want to call it a wake up call. Quincy's a really good team. they Their head coach is a MAT coach at Western Michigan for 20 years. They're, they they always play as tough. It's just one of those matchups that you know it's going to be a, a slugfest and you know, I, I don't think it was a wake-up call by any means, and I'm not disappointed. You know, at the end of the day, and March is just about winning and getting the next game, but mm-hmm. do I think it's good for our experience? Heck, yes, I do.
1: Talking to Coach Paul Casaro, coach of the uh, University of Indianapolis Greyhounds, now 26-3 and on the year. At what point did you, did you feel that this team had that something special in them? Because this 26-3 season, obviously, is very special
2: yeah you know brother it is and you know we we tied the program record for uh, most wins in a season from the 1963-64 team so hopefully on saturday we can you know advance uh which is the most important thing that's what we're mainly concerned about getting a w and advancing to the the conference championship game but another win would Put us in a standalone position in history for our program so you know i thought when we returned uh dang near everybody but two players uh that we had a shot and then our our assistants did a great job recruiting and filling in the right pieces so when we solidified that recruiting class to go with what we had returning you know we thought we had a shot
1: what about you as a coach how have you dealt with the pressure of being the head coach because you got the job you were fairly young and and i'm sure it was a job you highly coveted and desperately wanted but then once you got it you had to sit there and think oh my gosh i'm following a legend here that's that's the ultimate pressure yeah you know um to
2: be honest with you brett like you know there is pressure because you always anytime you get a job you want to you know leave it better than you found it and that's a that's a tall ask considering what you know who i was following and uh You know, fortunately, we've been able to do some first-time things in program history, several of them. But the way, you know, I thought about it and went about it was this, was, you know, surround yourself with good people, uh, great staff, and, you know, uh, uh, all the credit goes to my staff, and then, you know, recruit good kids who are about the right stuff. We've done that. And then after that, you surround yourself with good people. You just got to constantly never be satisfied, never get comfortable. Every day you wake up, you try to go 1-0 that day and get better that day.
1: What's been the key for your team? I mean, offensively, it looks like you've got a lot of guys that can score.
2: Yeah, we do. You know, that's that's nice. You know, because uh, you know the team teams are always going to game plan, try to say hey, we're going to take away this. You know, we're willing to give up this. We're going to take away this. And you know, when you have talented players, you know, you can counter to what the other teams are doing. And you know, I feel like anybody we have on the floor, I'm confident with them taking shots and and being aggressive. So I think it makes us a hard guard because it could be anybody's night.
1: And, of course, one of those guys in double figures today, a guy we're familiar with, Jarvis Walker. Uh, and, and, you know, we saw opportunities for him to really develop some skills and be a contributor. And I think he's found a great spot with you down there at Indy.
2: Jarvis has been awesome. You know, and, and you know what? He's, he's got two years of LG Bill. If he, you know, he'll be a starter in the next two years. But he's been a great uh, player off the bench. Instant offense off the bench. He scored 12 points in, in, in 18 minutes. Uh, Three of six from the field, two of two from the line. Like he's just uh, he's a lightning in a bottle. And you know, for some of the oldies that are listening, you know, I was telling you know he has no clue who this is, but he's like Vinny Johnson from the Detroit Pistons. He's (laughs) the microwave. He can come off the bench and heat up quickly. You know, that's that's who I compare him to.
1: We uh, we all know the bad boys and the old uh, Detroit Pistons days. Uh, Coach Casaro joining us from the University of Indianapolis. The Greyhounds, now 26-3, and 3, trying to advance through the GLVC tournament. And they got another one coming up on Saturday. Uh, what do you expect from that one? I know you don't know the opponent yet, but uh, what kind of a game do you expect between those two and, and what you're going to get on Saturday?
2: Um, very physical opponents, both UMSL and uh, or Missouri-St. Louis. You know, We call them UMSL in the GLVCs in terms of their acronym, and um, you know, Rockhurst. Um, I'd say that Quincy and those two are the three most physical teams in the league, aside from us. And you know, so I, a very similar game today. It's going to be a slugfest. You got to. Bottom line, it's going to come down to finish every possession with a shot and rebound the ball in the defensive end. If we can eliminate second chances, okay, and then not give them turnovers that lead to easy buckets, which all comes down to toughness and being physical and in the details. You know, I, I think you know that's what's going to win the game.
1: Coach, is there added pressure knowing you've got a chance to host some tournament games uh, at, at your site in Nicholson Hall? Because I know that's that that's got to be a special uh, opportunity for you. Is there other added pressure with that? You know, I, I, if
2: we were one game back or one game less than we are now, I'd say yes. But I, I, Brett, I'm pretty sure that uh, the number, the one number one seat should be ours. So uh, that's nice to just be able to focus on the GLVC tournament.
1: Coach, uh, best of luck to you, and congratulations. Great season so far. Expecting so much more success ahead, and uh, really appreciate you taking time to talk to us during such a busy week.
2: No, I appreciate you guys. I love my time in Fort Wayne, and, you know, I appreciate our
1: friendship. Thanks, Brett. Yep, that is Coach Cassaro, Paul Cassaro, joining us uh, here on the Sports Rush on the guest line. And uh, still coming up, we're going to talk to Doot. we got to talk some high school hoops. It is sectional time, and we've got Eric Doot, Dute, Kevish to talk about it when we come back. You're listening to The Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. If you were paying close attention just before we went to break, yes, we played the Doobie Brothers music bit. And you know what that means. We were busy on the phones taking callers to give away our Doobie Brothers tickets to the big show coming to the Coliseum on June 23rd. Of course, I think tomorrow do the tickets go on sale, Adam, at the uh, Coliseum at uh, any of the Ticketmaster locations. You can get tickets to the Doobie Brothers June 23rd, 50th anniversary tour. And for those of us that have been around 50 years plus, we remember the... The good old music from the Doobie Brothers. And I hey. think our winner, I think our winner probably grew up listening to Doobie Brothers music. That's all I'll say. Congratulations, Bruce Cranning of Ossian. He is our winner. And uh we appreciate him being tuned in today on the sports rush and thank him by giving him two tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers. Right now you got a chance to win Horizon League Championship tickets. All you gotta do is uh, text the word Horizon to 46862 on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. That's HORIZON to 46862. Parkview Sports Medicine text line if you'd like to win two tickets to the Horizon League Championship game coming up next Tuesday down in Indianapolis. So do not delay. Go ahead, text us HORIZON to 46862. Right now, we uh, welcome to the program on the guest line from Parkview Sports Medicine. It is Eric Dute, Dute Kovic. Dute, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, Brad. How things going down on Maples Road?
1: Uh, we're having a fantastic day. Uh, just absolute joy out here at Maples Road and a little colder than it was yesterday, but not bad. We're enjoying what seems to be signs of spring. And uh, one of the sure signs of spring not far away is Hoosier hysteria. And we'll break down some of that, but also... We've got that thing called March Madness because now it's officially March. And I'm going to ask you the same question that we've been posing here on the show the last couple of days because I know we'll get a biased response, and I expect one from you, dude. But (laughs) out of the Big Ten, what team is going to advance the farthest in the NCAA tournament, and how far do they go?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, well, of course it's Purdue for me, but I mean, I, it's it's hard to say those words when it comes to the Boilermakers. Um, you know, I, I I'll say it because I think it's it's a team. You know, I think that they can be a Final Four team for sure. Um, and and I think definitely they're the team. I think that it probably has the best chance of going the farthest. and and, and I think realistically being top five for the last. Several months, even despite what losing four of their last six games uh, coming into tonight. I mean, to, to be there still, I think it's it's a nice nod to how good Purdue is, and also how strong the competition is in the Big Ten. Even though you have what seven teams with eight losses or something <laughs> like that uh, in second place, and and that so that's that's mind blowing too. But the twenty game schedule, I think, lends itself to that. So I'll go the Boilermakers. Hoping for a final four for the first time since 1980. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, realistically, that's been a goal all year long. It's something that they can do. Um, you know, beyond that, it gets really tough. It gets really tough once Purdue gets to the sweet 16 anyway. So, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, but I'll, I'll go with the boilers, final four. I'll, I'll, I'll say it now and hopefully it's it turns
1: out you know here's my concern dude is there's kind of an old adage that uh the guard play is the key play when you get to march madness and the two guards have not played their best basketball they're gonna have to step up those two freshmen Braden smith fletcher lawyer they're gonna have to play better than they've played over the last month no question about it if Purdue's gonna have a run in this ncaa tournament
0: yeah i mean and the age-old question is did hopefully purdue or the, the statement is hopefully purdue didn't didn't peak or did Purdue peak in January around, you know, or, or, you know, mid-January where they were 22 and one. And then, you know, ever since then it's kind of, you know, the train has kind of gone off the rails in some respects, but yes, the guard play is big because you go back a couple of years, uh, Carson Edwards, and, and, you know, and you, you just need that, that dynamite playmaker. And they had it last year with Jaden and Ivy. Uh, and, you know, they got beat by St. Peter's. Uh, early on, and it was kind of uh, one of those ga- days that, that kind of rubbed everybody the wrong way. But this is a team, obviously, Zach Eadie is going to get his. and uh, But there's a lot of tape on him now. That's the other aspect of it, too, is like this late in the season, there a lot of teams know about Zach Eadie, obviously. And so, yes, it's going to be incumbent on guys like Fletcher Lawyer, Ryan, uh, Ryan Smith. I almost said Ryan Smith, <laughs> and Ryan Klein. Uh, Braden Smith. Um, and then uh, even Mason Gillis to be able to knock down shots. And I think somebody like Caleb first is an X-Factor too, because at the end of the day, you know, he had a great game first half against IU and then second half, it's just kind of like, where did he go? And, and so, you know, he played great. And then all of a sudden he was out of the mix and, and, and IU uh, took, took over in that second half. And, and so I think, you know, to, to IU's credit, with a guy like Jalen Hood Shafino, they have that wonderful guard play even as a freshman. It's like the bright, big, uh, bright lights, big city mentality once you get in the NCAA tournament. So that will be an interesting dynamic, too, when you have freshmen running guard. When you get up against, but, you know, other teams that have had, especially with the transfer portal and the way things are now, you got a lot of teams out there with fifth and sixth year seniors playing guard. Uh, That proved dividends for St. Peter's last year. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out this year.
1: Yeah, no, I made a mistake asking Dude about Purdue because now we have like all of 30 seconds to talk about high school basketball. (laughs) And before the last of the Indiana fans push the button and change to another station, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and talk high school basketball. It's sectional week, Dude, and we've got a lot to talk about with the boys' sectionals uh, because now we're into the semifinal round coming up tomorrow. Quick reminder that we are going to have our presence at Garrett where the Heritage Patriots take on the Bishop Dwenger Saints and the Concordia Cadets take on the Woodland Warriors. Join us for the coverage. Michael McIntyre on the call. And then the postgame show presented by Parkview Sports Medicine will take place at the Pine Valley Pizza Hut, our final Parkview Sports Medicine postgame show of the entire season. And your last chance to get in line to get autographs from Eric Dutkevich. All right, so (laughs) now let's go through some of the other sectionals because let's start in 4A. A uh, bit of a surprise to me, but it's a rivalry game. And I know both these teams have been fighting for wins all year long. But East Noble gets the victory over to Cal. That moves them into a semifinal where they'll take on Northrop. And I think East Noble's got a real shot here to make it into the championship game. And then you've got Northside routing the Carroll Chargers. That one may have been one of the big surprises. Wasn't who won, but by how much As Northside Defeated Carroll 79-48. That might send a message to a few teams, not only in that sectional, but around the north half in 4A.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I think coming into that, that Carroll sectional in 4A, I always kind of felt like that Carroll-Northside game was kind of the de facto championship, because not a lot of other strong teams in that sectional. But So I'm not surprised that Northside beat Carroll, who beat Northside earlier in the year, but very surprised by the score. I think ultimately Northside gets through this. Uh, Northrop and East Noble will be a good game. I, you know, seven straight losses for the Bruins and East Noble is one of those teams that hang around just have not been able to, to, to find themselves on the winning side a lot this year. Um, so that could be it, but I do have Northrop versus Northside with ultimately Northside, uh, winning that sectional. Uh, remember those two teams met up earlier in the year. One point win for Northside. That was that 47 point night for Tay Johnson.
1: Nothing on Tuesday derailed us from what we're expecting as a championship game at Columbia City as Wayne took care of New Haven in a big way, 84-58, to 58, and Homestead took care of business against Huntington North, 52-42. to 42. They're on opposite sides of the bracket for the semifinals, so... You know where this is heading, at least where we think it's heading. As Southside tries to challenge Wayne, Columbia City will try to upset Homestead. I don't see either one happening. I think we end up with a Wayne-Homestead rematch for a championship in Columbia City.
0: Yeah, I got to agree with that, too. I mean, I think Columbia City probably has a better shot than uh, against Homestead than Southside does against Wayne. But, uh, yeah, these two teams, I think they make it through, you know, uh, Wayne had that big 66-62 to 62 overtime win on February 7th that kind of basically took, gave them the lead in the SAC, and, and they never relinquished that in their SAC champions for the first time in 23 years. Wayne has not won a sectional since 94, and talking to Byron Pickens and those guys, they've talked about, we talk all the time about cutting down nets at the end of the year. It's not just look at the next game, but it's also big picture idea. This Wayne team is rolling, a lot of offensive firepower, The question is, how can Homestead's defense respond? And that's, you know, that'll be a good matchup if that comes to fruition at Columbia City on Saturday night. But I'll take the Wayne Generals to get their first sectional title since 94.
1: 3A at Garrett. I've been joking that I never bet against Matt Kostoff when it comes to March. And uh, they backed me up where they went over Angola. Now they take on a decent heritage team. I still think I'm leaning to Dwenger in the first semifinal, but I think a real showdown is game two with Concordia versus Woodland. Who survives at Garrett?
0: Yeah, I like Dwenger over Heritage. I, I Heritage just doesn't have enough offensive firepower to, especially a team like Dwenger that plays in the SAC. Dwenger eight and four after a one and nine start. Too, they won four of their last five. On the other side of the bracket. Concordia and Woodland is a great matchup. Woodland sitting at 19 wins. Concordia just outside of the SAC championship, second in the league. Uh, but I, I think Concordia beats Woodland, um, and you know it might be a close one, maybe even an overtime game. It should be a good one there. And then they move on to face Swinger, and I think they handle business against Swinger on Saturday night for that Garrett sectional.
1: Got to go to Peru where you'll find Norwell still uh, trying to claim that title, as they got the victory to uh, start things in overtime against Northwestern. And you know what that reminded me of, dude? It reminded me that these guys, because most of this team was on the football team. Most of the basketball yeah. team was on the football team. And the football team had that bad loss in sectionals. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they almost did it in basketball. Um, now they uh, they move into a semifinal ex- against a good McConaughey team. And there's Oak Hill that could be sitting there in the championship. It's a tough path for Norwell.
0: Yeah, it's very tough against Norwell for Norwell. And, and that, that, that first game against Northwestern, I had to refresh the page when I saw the score because that was like the girls' score, too, where it was an overtime game against those two teams, like 45-44 like kind of deal. But, yes, uh, you know, Norwell scored 71 points a game in their first 19 games. They've only scored 48 the last five. So, they have struggled. Part of it, they got to do it with defense too. But Oak Hill, another good team, number five in 3A. Norwell's number three. I think obviously those two teams get by. I do think that Norwell gets past Conicua and Oak Hill gets past through But then I do think, I you know, it, Norwell beat Oak Hill earlier in the year. But I think Oak Hill, just the way that Norwell's been playing, I'm just not so sure. And and I would not be surprised if Oak Hill. Uh, pulls out of that sectional and, and beats Norwell at Peru.
1: Looking at 2A, this is fascinating. At Westview, I think, you know, the old saying that it's anybody's ball game, but I, I think this is still a pretty wide open sectional. Eastside, Westview, Central Mobile, Prairie Heights, if there's ever a team in there that has a losing record that you probably don't want to play, it'd be a group of guys from Eastside. That's going to be a really good semifinal and a great championship at Westview.
0: Yeah, this entire sectional is an NECC sectional. All the teams are from that same conference. And so, you know, they have a history because sometimes these teams play three times in a year. So with the NECC tournament and the regular season as well, uh, Westview and Eastside, I think Westview has been, they beat Eastside earlier in the year at home. They've been playing some good ball, sitting at 15-8, and eight, kind of put it on lately. And Central Noble won seven of their last eight games They've increased their point production to 62 points a game after doing 57 all year. I think they get past Curry Heights, and you see uh, Central Noble versus Westview in the sectional. Uh, Westview won the regular season matchup, but I think Central Noble, the state runner-up from a year ago, coming out of this sectional, gets it done again and goes back-to-back at Westview.
1: I think it'll be fascinating to to see if Bishop Lewers out of the SAC has been battle-tested enough to compete against uh, a 19-5 and Adams Central team. That's the first semifinal. And then you've got Manchester Blackhawk. I tend to favor Blackhawk just because of the strength of schedule there at 21-3. and But uh, who do you see surviving at South Adams?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting section because there's so many different teams from different conferences and a different makeup. Um, you know, Blackhawk Christian two an independent team. I think they get past Manchester. Manchester, though, a very good team. 18 wins is the most they've had in 25 years. Uh, Didn't even win conference, though, with that record. Um, Adam Central, Lures, an intriguing matchup for sure. Adam Central has been good all year long. I would not be surprised if Lures beat them just because of the strength of uh, of that Lures team playing in the SAC, but I'll take Adam Central versus Blackhawk Christian in the sectional championship, and I think Blackhawk Christian. Uh, wins comfortably over the flying jet.
1: Another sure sign of spring is when we get the announcement that the PSM Baseball Classic is returning to Parkview Field. We found out the schedule and what's expected. Can't look uh, or or am looking very forward to this coming up uh, in the months of April and May. What are some of the details, Duke?
0: Yeah, this is our uh, annual uh, PSM Baseball Classic down at Parkview Field. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for high school and college teams. We're going to have, you know, 24 teams, 12 different games, six different nights at Parkview Field. Uh, that big-time atmosphere, not just big-time atmosphere, the Parkview Field 10-caps experience for these high school players and college ex- players, uh, you know, the first night is April 18th. We'll start out with Manchester University versus St. Francis in a college game. And then the rest of the docket through April uh, and May uh, is involves high school games. So the full schedule is at parkviewsportsmedicine.com and also tincaps.com. It's put that out as well. Um, and it's just a great partnership that we do with the tincaps, but then also it involves so many of our local teams and local athletes because A lot of these kids are not going to have the opportunity to, A, play in the majors or the minors, or even play in college. So the opportunity to have this big-time feel at one of the greatest ballparks in the country uh, is just so fun. And so you know, in a portion of, you know, we help cover the cost at Parkview Sports Medicine, and that allows the schools to save money, and then ultimately through the ticket uh, prices and ticket sales, a lot of the money goes back to the schools so that they can invest and their baseball program or athletic departments. And uh, just another way that, that you know, we are part, glad to be part of the community, and we're just so grateful that this is coming back. I think this is year 10, I heard the other day, for the CSM wow. Baseball Classic. So fun times to be had. Hopefully the weather holds out so we get all the games in this spring.
1: Dude, always appreciate you, and look forward to having the Parkview Sports Medicine post game show wrapping up. The sectional semifinals and setting us up for championship games on Saturday. That comes up tomorrow night. Have a great Thursday evening. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Yep, that is Eric Dututkevich from Parkview Sports Medicine joining us on the guest line. We'll take a quick timeout and come back a final time. It is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Kristen Airy from the Indiana Pacers on Fox Sports Indiana, and you're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Listen to the Comets game last night with Josh Williams filling in for Shane Alberani. Unfortunately, Josh may end up with an 0-1 record as an announcer, because you know, Adam, always the announcer. Always the announcer. Uh, Shane should be getting back. I know he's on the road to better health, and uh, and so Shane should be back. But the Comets, unfortunately, fell last night to Toledo. The Walleye have won 11 straight games. Hottest team in the league. Comets battled them, came back from a 3 nothing deficit, which that's a whole other story. How do you give up three goals, like, first half of the first period? It was unbelievable yeah well then toledo did the same thing in the second period gave yeah. up three comets tied it up and then in the final period toledo got a goal they held that one one goal lead to the end and then an empty netter finished it off and the comets ended up falling to the toledo walleye thanks to our guest kevin bowen 93 the fan in indianapolis thanks to you indy greyhounds coach paul cassaro and also thanks as always to Parkview Sports Medicine's Eric Dute Dutekavic, we're coming back tomorrow to wrap up your week with the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.